Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Of course, next week at this time, we'll be sitting out on the back patio at the Peoria Sports right. Complex. We might have this conversation in person, but right now, uh, joining us from Padres.com, Padres beat writer A.J. Casavell is with us here on 97.3 The Fan. A.J., what are we missing out there this morning? Uh, not a whole lot this morning so far, but we're, we're two days away from games, so that's uh, that's always exciting. You're missing photo day, actually, so lots of people dressed in their full uniform today as opposed to the, the spring training thread. Well, AJ, I really love the piece that you dropped over the weekend, the ripple effects, uh, five ripple effects of Bogart's position switch. And we, we've talked about it a little bit this morning. And, you know, I, I, I didn't want to come in and throw cold water on, on everything immediately. I feel like I kind of might have early in the show, but is this a, I, look, I can love this move. And I can appreciate and respect Xander Bogarts, but also, do you get the sense that Xander's just kind of like the, not the odd man out? He make you know he makes a ton of money, got a big big deal. Uh, they paid him like a shortstop, but it's like man, I, you feel like it's like every year we're going to be doing this with Xander Bogarts. Do you feel like this is a position change that's going to stick for him? Well, it depends on how he fares with the position change itself. I, I tend to think he'll be pretty good at second base, just based on kind of his. I mean, his footwork at shortstop's good. His, I mean, his hands are quick. I, I I think he'll probably fare pretty well at second. And obviously you have Jake Cronenworth who can play gold glove finalist caliber second base. And so the questions are going to persist if Bogarts isn't that great at second. Does he, should he move to first base? Should he move to left field? Like other areas of need. And you're right. Like the, the fit with Bogarts is an interesting one because it's not like what the Padres needed at the time because they had a shortstop, they had a second baseman, they had a third baseman who they ended up extending before uh, – Bogarts could have made the move there. So so odd man out is probably the wrong way to say it because he is an integral part of the lineup. 100%. And he's probably going to hit second or fourth. But um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this how this transition goes because switching positions to the other side of the diamond, which he's never done in his life, is going to come with some challenges. I, I would say probably not fair to grade it based on how he does early, certainly in spring training, maybe early in the season. But – Toward the end of the season or toward the middle of the season, if he's playing a solid second base, maybe he entrenches himself there. Guys tend to have longer shelf lives than, than they do at shortstop uh, at, at second base. So that could that could become a long-term home for him. AJ, if this was the right move for the Padres now, and I think it probably is, wouldn't it have been the right move last year as well? And did the Padres simply not do it? Because they promised Xander that they wouldn't, that he could play shortstop for at least one season. Yeah, it was probably it probably would have been the right move last year. I think the the I don't know that the Padres envisioned Kim having the humongous breakout season that he had. And so if Kim's more of a versatile kind of the, the fourth guy in that infield that can move around and play all the spots and fill in for guys when they need that day off, maybe that's what they were planning for, and then he kind of exceeded everyone's expectations by going out and for at least the first five months before he struggled in September being kind of all-star caliber, um, got some MVP votes, like that level of player, then absolutely he's the shortstop. I think Xander Bogarts was 
pretty solid defensively at shortstop last year, at least kind of compared to what he was earlier in his career with the Red Sox. He was a pretty solid shortstop. And so when he signs and he wants to play shortstop and he says, I can be a pretty good defensive shortstop, and the Padres say, all right, you can be our shortstop for 2023, I don't know that that doesn't make sense. I think that all kind of computes for me. And then the question is, once it becomes clear in June that probably Hassan Kim is a better defensive shortstop than Xander Bogarts, well, at that point, you're not going to ask him to transition in the middle of the season. That, that's that's key tough. And so here we are at spring training where you can kind of get those reps in and you can learn you can you can learn without learning on the fly. It, it, I think that's maybe the way it shook out. And uh, we're talking to AJ Casabell here uh, from MLB.com on Ben and Woods, and it's pretty obvious when Mike Schilt came out and spoke to you guys the other day when he said, "Look, you know, we we talked about this when we were in Aruba, and I, I broached the subject with him. He was receptive to it. Now there's some other things we can't, you know, let out of the building." It was Xander. We may end up trading Hassan Kim. Uh, we may end up keep end up keeping him. And, and Mike Schilt told us, "Hey, speculate freely. I know you're going to." Those were the conversations I'm assuming that they were having. That Xander, you may be at short, you may be at second, depending on what happens with Kimmy. Yeah, and I don't know how much of that they told Xander explicitly, but that has to be what's going on there because uh, for it to have lingered as long as it did, and for kind of Xander to say, "Hey, if I, I like," he was in, in our conversation with him. He was pretty. I think for a guy who loves playing shortstop as much as he does, yeah. who wears number two for Derek Jeter, who never moved off shortstop even at the end of his career when he probably should have. Like, I, I can't. It, it was not easy for Xander Bogarts to move off shortstop, and I think he's earned some kind of respect in the clubhouse for for being willing to do so. The one thing that he did kind of say he wished was done a little differently was that he got reps to do so earlier, uh, earlier in the off season, and the Padres said, "Hey, that's a completely fair." Right, yeah. but we didn't necessarily know where you were going to be playing. And the only – if this move was going to be made when he got to camp, the only justification behind that would be that they didn't know whether Hassan Kim was going to be there or not. And I think with this move being made and Xander Bogarts getting work at second base now and, and him taking the spring to do that, now it seems at least – Somewhat likelier, maybe significantly likelier that Kim is here for at least this season, and then we'll see where it goes. AJ, uh, competition's been kind of a, a watchword this spring. Competition for outfield spots, lineup spots, starting pitching spots in the rotation. But we've also heard Mike Schultz say you can't put too much on spring training results because part of that is working on things and getting ready for the season. So how do you think the Padres are going to make some of these decisions when it comes to maybe whether or not a young prospect is ready? Have they already made some of the decisions possibly and are just looking for confirmation this spring? What's what's your sense there? I don't think they've made the decisions. I think they have I think they have probably their own internal evaluations of where this would go based on what the roster is now, based on whatever trades they can make and they kind of want the guys – I mean, there's, there's serious opportunity for guys like Jackson Merrill, Grant Pauly, uh, Jacob Marcy. Like, those guys, if you're looking at this roster as it stands right now, could all, in, in theory, be on the opening day roster. I would expect the Padres to add guys to make those spots maybe a little more scarce. But if you're drawing it out now and if the Padres say, hey, we like these guys a lot, we like what they've done at kind of the upper levels in the minor leagues, we like the off seasons they had, that doesn't mean that they've made the decision. They still want, they still need those guys to come out and, and if not perform in the fall league, cause those numbers like numbers wise, cause those numbers are, are, they are what they are. Different guys are working on different things. 
there's just a different way to evaluate kind of readiness. And the Padres have always shown that. I mean, I think we saw, I, I'm sure Fernando Tessis Jr.'s numbers in 2019 spring training were, were great, but to me, it was more than the numbers. It was just like watching the guy. I was like, oh yeah, this guy is clearly a, a big leaguer. And if they send him to the minor leagues, like that's not where he belongs. I think they're going to ask those guys. And, and that was an obvious one. There, it, there's tougher evaluations to be made with, uh, with prospects who are, who are maybe at a lower level than what Tatis was. But those are the evaluations that'll be had. It's not necessarily, oh, this guy hit 350 in the thin air in Arizona where everyone's throwing fastballs because they're trying to get their location down or whatever. Like, that's not how they look at it. It's just more of a, it's more of an evaluation, a feel thing. And I think the Padres have proven they're pretty willing to promote guys when they look the part. Yeah, no question about it. Say Jay Casabell joining Ben and, Wood, ben and Woods this morning. Um, you know, I've heard the name Ethan Salas a lot. I've heard a lot of rave review, reviews about his work out there, uh, his ability, uh, you know, at the plate, behind the dish. I've heard Iriarte's name mentioned a bunch from guys like Bob Scanlon went out and watched him throw, exploding fastball, all this. Anybody uh, on your radar that maybe we have that, that you've seen that's impressed you a little bit uh, so far, AJ? Uh, you hit on some of the big ones. Iriarte's, Iriarte's I've heard pretty good things about him and kind of if, if he can kind of locate that slider and where it needs to be like that's a big league caliber arm um i this is these are not like young off the radar guys these sure. are two guys who i think would would make the roster um but uh Brito and vasquez i keep I, I keep hearing good things from people behind the scenes that probably aren't don't necessarily have to pump them up like Everyone in the organization wants to pump those guys up because they traded Juan Soto, and and you want the you want the package to look good. But I I've heard really good things about the stuff those two guys have and their ability to get outs and kind of what I think they'll be able to do under the tutelage of Ruben Niebla. Uh, and and from the live sessions that I've watched, they've both looked pretty pretty nasty. So I would be kind of excited about what they could potentially bring to the back of that rotation. That's not me saying I would be excited enough that the Padres shouldn't go out and add another starter because they still should. But that's, uh, that there's, a, there's at least a level of comfort and security that you've got guys with the stuff that I think the Padres feel uh, are, are capable of, of making things happen. And are you a little surprised that, you know, guys like, you know, Dom Smith, he's a million bucks, whatever, uh, David Peralta, guys like that coming off the board. I mean, if the season started today, we were talking about who's going to designate, you know, be the designated hitter. It's probably Matt Patton at this point. Uh, surprised that there haven't been more flyers taken on some guys. I still think there will be flyers. Yes, I'm surprised. But I, I it's there's still some guys on the board that I would assume the Padres will will just look into adding now it's a, it's a it's a fine line to walk because you have these prospects that you're excited yeah. about you have these guys yeah. that that you want to give opportunity to and so you don't want to take that opportunity away by adding a guy who's really only a fringe piece who you're paying money to who might end up having his job supplanted so you want to make sure you're getting a guy who's who's at least there for the long haul of the season that that said i i, I would assume that the padres need to add a dh and just kind of solidify some things on the bench and there's 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 guys available. I think that's maybe the spot on a in a market that's been kind of evolving kind of weirdly. Um, there are there are some like kind of DH outfield bats that I think the Padres could. I mean, they're coming up the board a little bit, like you said, but they're 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 still out there and they're still available. Talking to AJ Casavelt. Did you bring a bird with you? Hey, to, bird watching this morning <laughs> to spring training. I'm trying to walk away from these birds. Yeah. They're, uh, <laughs> Uh, so let's talk bullpen a little bit, uh, AJ. And, and Mike Schilt discussed it a little bit this week. And everyone wants to know, hey, is it going to be Suarez in the ninth? Will it be one of the new guys? 
Padres have a lot of eighth inning arms. It feels like. I mean, <laughs> last yeah. year they, last year you just didn't have any idea who was the eighth inning guy. So, I mean, Brent Honeywell got some eighth inning, which is not a good thing last year. Now they have almost an overabundance of that. Now, we have, say that every year though. <laughs> well, I think it's different. Tell me, tell me what you think, AJ, because I definitely I think there's a different feel this year to the Padres bullpen than there was last year. Yeah, it's it's pretty kind of finely balanced in terms of what the guys can do, the pitches they throw, the handedness. Um, you look at maybe who their six or seven big arms are. I think it's four righties, three lefties, and different arm slots, different pitches that they throw. Suarez, I, I think, and I, I think Mike Schultz hinted at this maybe yesterday, maybe two days ago, that, that he is the ninth inning guy, the most likely guy there, but it's not set in stone. Um, and I think what that means is it's, it's not set in stone even even probably at the end of spring training. Like if, if the big matchups and there's three right-handed hitters coming up in the eighth and you have got maybe a lefty or two in the ninth, well, you can put Suarez in the eighth and Yuki Matsui in the ninth. And one of the good things about the way the Padres designed this bullpen is even if, like you said, I think there's their eighth-inning caliber arms, like guys with, with stuff that, that are kind of set-up pieces in a, in a vacuum, but they're guys that have pitched – the ninth inning before, whether it be in Japan, Korea, wherever, um, Robert Suarez is is that guy. But if you're flipping guys around, it's not like they don't have that experience of locking down those, those final three outs. Love it, man. See you next week. AJ, we'll see you out there. Looking forward to it. Right, you guys. And enjoy the games as they get started here on Thursday. AJ Cashville, MLB.com, Pontre's uh, beat writer. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.